Welcome to TTM Cast One on One with Jeff Baker. Every Wednesday, we'll bring one on one interviews with hobby professionals, former athletes, authors, and collectors. Sponsored by Certified Sports Guarantee. Go to csgcards.com for sports card grading for the win. And by sportscollectorsdaily.com. If it happens in the hobby, you'll find it on sportscollectorsdaily.com. And sponsored by gemrate.com. The latest grading statistic from the four major grading companies is just a click away. Visit gemrate.com. It's free. Sponsored by Collects, the free app for scanning and valuing your cards. Use the app to build your collection and buy and sell with other collectors. Turn the hobby into your side hustle. And now, here's our host, Jeff Baker. Hello, everybody, and welcome to TTM Cast One on One. We are at the end of May, guys. It is May 31st, Wednesday. We're recording this right. Bright, bright in the morning and we will be play, posting it a little later today uh, my name is jeff baker talking to you from boston massachusetts and i'm joined by my friend drew pelto who who was on uh hiatus we'll say he's got a week he's got a week of vacation hiatus in yeah. dallas texas and and we'll broach that a little, little a little later um I don't know. You know, I, I should it should be like mission mission impossible uh or or dragnet or something music coming in the background don't you think drew i was thinking yeah can we replace the intro music this week with the music for unsolved mysteries or something like that i mean that that just seems like it would be a perfect fit in there you know so i i know that our hobby never ceases to amaze me my friend this is like you know we're just collecting baseball cards <laughs> and all of a sudden this intrigue and espionage and corporate layout yeah. on stuff it's just crazy yeah, I'm just glad that uh, I'm I'm kind of glad that I uh, held my position here that I have right now. I mean, we'll get more into that a little bit later here. But yeah, there's uh, yeah, this is this is just just it's been a strange couple of uh, months for uh, the hobby here, especially in my particular uh, position in it. So, yeah, yeah. if you guys don't know, Drew, Drew works for Panini. So, yes. um, you know, put let's cards on the table, right? Drew, Drew is in yeah. the, the graphics department at Panini and he um does card design and photo photo editing and all that kind of stuff and he's very much removed from all the the intrigue that's been going on yeah i mean fortunately i mean i will say fanatics was hiring for people in my position full disclosure i did apply but i was not offered anything with them so i'm like all right whatever you know nothing doing there at all but uh yeah so i've been uh, just kind of able to sit back and you know enjoy the popcorn here and just uh yeah, it's been it's been an interesting couple of weeks. I'll just uh, leave it at that. So, wow, yeah. All right, guys. Well, we have a fun show. We're gonna we're gonna really talk about um a, a lot of stuff that's been going on in the hobby uh, from our friend Jeff Owens, who is the editor of Sports Collectors Digest. He's t- we're talking to talk about um my article, my article on the San Diego Chicken. So some fun stuff there. We're also going to talk to Jeff about what's been going on in the hobby. Um, we didn't really broach the 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 thing that drew and i were talking about but we talked a little about what's been going on in the hobby we also uh jeff has got plans for the national they've got a couple um cool additions set for the national and they're also going to be celebrating their 50th anniversary uh soon so we are going to talk to jeff about uh what's going on at sports collectors digest they're uh, uh you know one of the leading periodicals right for the yeah. for the hobby drew and, and it's good to get uh feedback and response from somebody that, that uh, is in it day to day every day like we are so it, uh, we'll have jeff owens a nice interview with jeff owens coming up um my week is uh i got a couple of heritage blasters baseball blasters uh picked them up at barnes and noble of all, all places oh wow. um 
you know, I haven't been able to find them anywhere. And we went to the bookstore yesterday and, and picked up a couple of blasters and I picked up a couple of optic basketball blasters as well. So I did not get any autographs or any kind of cool cards, but I got, I, you know, I got a lot of cool base cards. I got a judge and I got some other cool cards. I got a Jason Tatum card. So uh, I don't, do I have to talk my, about my Celtics, Drew? No, we we can we can avoid that if we need to. So yeah, <laughs> I can't believe uh, I'm just gonna say briefly, right? Yeah, my stupid Celtics and stupid Bruins—they were both number one seeds basically, and they lost to number eight seeds from teams in Florida. I, I, yeah, it just it just bothers me, and I'm I'm rooting for for Florida in hockey, but I cannot root for those Miami Heat. I do not like Jimmy Butler. I do not like uh, Bio. I do not like them. Yeah, for me, I mean, it just goes back to, well, Cleveland has had a bad history with Miami sports teams, and it's even before LeBron jumped ship for the Heat. So I'm like, yeah, I've cheered for the Heat once in my life, I think, and that's that's more than enough for me. So, yeah. Yeah, I, totally do, with you there. I do not like them, my friend. Well, you know what? I'm going to the Red Sox game today. We, we are playing the Cincinnati Reds, so that should be great. And then I'm going to, on Saturday, I get the first game of the doubleheader. I'm going to see the Red Sox in the Rays. Nice. see Wander Franco, which is very cool. So I probably won't get any autographs, but it, it's cool. So you know what? Let let's get right to the the, the heart of this thing. And um, you know, Drew and I were alluding to it when we started. Uh, if you hadn't heard, um, there was a break in um, this weekend, this holiday weekend, in at Panini at the Panini corporate headquarters in Dallas. Um, and what we know is that uh, some person or, or people because we don't know if it's multiple broke into the 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 panini headquarters and really ravaged the um computer systems right in the in yes. the in the um in the servers and, and really brought the, the the company to a halt right because you guys yeah. drew drew works there drew works remotely so uh they've given drew the week off and every everyone the week off and i'm sure that they're, they're trying to clean things up and and figure out what happened but um why don't you why don't you chime in because this is really affecting you personally? Yeah, uh, cloud backup I will say is a wonderful thing. So they're uh, working at trying to get uh, servers and systems all back up and running again and getting all their backups put in place. But yeah, there was a break in at some point over the weekend. Um, we knew about it inside as in, inside the company as of uh, Sunday evening. Uh, police report seems to have been filed on Monday afternoon. There may have been stuff before that, but this is, I think, after they were able to go through and figure out, okay, here, what's all is missing and everything. Um, the police report was actually put on, uh, shown on the Sports Card Radio channel on YouTube. And uh, one of the things it mentions in there is that there's no exterior damage to the building. So this had to have been somebody who had intimate knowledge of the building itself had to have been able to gain access to be able to pull this off. Because, right. I mean, these, these aren't these four or five uh, guys looking for, for uh, one-of-one cards. Right. This was not a quick, uh, you know, smash and grab kind of a thing. From what I know, no alarms were ever set off. There was no, as it says, no exterior damage to buildings, no broken windows, no broken doors. Somehow access was gained via an unsecured spot of the building itself. Um, yeah, it says, according to a sports car radios uh, channel, uh, they put out, the, they were the first ones to break the story. It was around three o'clock yesterday afternoon. They said that walls were sawed through, the executive offices were trashed. And here's kind of a little bit of a smoking gun. Computers and servers were damaged and stolen. That's, you know, what we mentioned right there off the top of everything. And uh, that's kind of interesting that somebody would go in there and go after the computers and the servers rather than, you know, going after these, you know, several thousand dollar cards that might be in there, go looking for anything like that. So for them to attack those things, it kind of makes you wonder, okay, this has got to be very targeted for specific reasons. And 
for anybody on Twitter who follows, who does, if you don't follow Paul Lesko, you need to follow him. He has been absolutely incredible on anything sports card legal matters. And of course, you know, Panini and Fanatics are involved in a lawsuit from Fanatics taking over uh, 36 employees from Panini. It's, uh, that's the official number that was given in there that uh, Lesko updated everybody on. Well, they're supposed to have a, uh, a hearing back on the 24th. That was so a week ago today, so yep. uh, last, last Wednesday. And the uh, Lesko said, you know, he was flying down to Texas to go and attend this hearing. And I even considered taking the day off for it. I just forgot what day it was, so I ended up not. But the uh, Fanatics Panini hearing got canceled as of like the evening of the 23rd or something like that. And what happened was that both sides agreed to a temporary restraining order for a year until the actual trial. Fanatics and the former Panini employees agreed that if additional property of Panini was found, it would be returned or deleted, whichever, you know, has to be done on that, and that a neutral forensic examiner would do the deletion. Now, added in along with that, a week before that, on May 18th, that was the previous Thursday, some additions and addendums were made to all of these uh, legal legal uh, paperwork, I guess you could say. I don't know. I'm doing this from a position of not being a law talking person. So right. uh, this is, uh, this is <laughs> you're going to see some weird terminology in here, but going off of what Lesko was talking about, he said uh, that during discovery, Panini found mass appropriation of information on over a dozen devices containing thousands of files that were all downloaded within a day of these resignations. Panini has proof of the mass copying of trade secrets by these people, one of whom instructed others to delete evidence, including uh, text messages. So Panini is going to amend their complaint to bring all of that into there. And I mean, one of the easiest ways to win a trial nowadays is just to go, well, all this evidence was deleted. Why would they delete this evidence if there's nothing to show guilt? And so they're going to hit that very hard in this complaint, it would seem like. And so for somebody to, for the plaintiff in this case, to have a break in, removing all of these computers and servers where there might be information on that, that's further potential deletion that's going on right there. And now you're adding breaking and entering, burglary, robbery, anything like that to uh, to this potential list. Yeah, espionage, of right? Corporate espionage. Yes, corporate espionage, corporate terrorism downright at this point. This is, I mean, whoever's behind, if, if, this, is, if this was done, and this is a big if, Keep keep those two letters in mind. Right, guys, I, keep, I, keep in mind we're only giving opinions here. We do yes, not know. Is, we do not know fact. And as part of, um, you know, we're, we're we're journalists and we're collectors, and we we were only talking about this because um, it, it matters to us. It matters to you, and we're giving our opinion. Okay, keep yes. that in mind. This is a Drew and I's opinion. This has nothing to do with Panini, Fanatics, or anyone that's involved. So we are only giving our opinions, right, Drew? Yes, exactly. This is as independent observers, not at nothing beyond that. But if those former employees were involved, oh, that is that is the the shit hitting the fan basically here between those two companies there. Because I mean, yeah, I mean, Drew, look logically, right? You, I'm looking at this as an outsider. You, of course, have have a horse in the in the game here, but. Mm-hmm. As an outsider, it looks like someone was trying to cover their tracks one way or the other, right? So uh, was it- And now it's at an extreme level of- Right, an extreme level. And I don't think there was a lot of thinking involved because you you and I know enough about computers that uh, on a corporate level, they're backing this stuff up two and three and four times a day. So it's not, there's, there's very little place where- information only resides in one spot right Mm -hmm. and and with the cloud today and and you know i mean you you know you have a spreadsheet 
you're saving your spreadsheet. It's backed up to the cloud someplace. It's on your hard drive. There's four or five places where you have a, uh, a spreadsheet that you're working on. So if something happens, the power goes out or something gets corrupted, you can always get that file back. And I think the person, the person or people that were doing this were short-sighted in what they were doing. I, I, I don't see, you know, did they cause corporate harm to, to Panini? Sure. Mm -hmm. the, you know, or, or is Panini not being able to uh, work for a week or, or five days or whatever that, that I'm sure that's costing Panini money, right? Yeah. It has to be. Yeah. I mean, cause we're all still getting paid to sit there and twiddle our thumbs and hope things get back to going normally once again. Yeah. And but, it's just, yeah. I mean, if you, without that break in, if, Somebody might be looking at, you know, possibly losing a job and maybe a small fine or something at most. But now once you add in something like this, oh, now you're talking jail time. This right, is it's criminal. Uh, They've turned yeah, this, it into criminal. Yes, this has gone beyond the level of just, you know, potential civil suit. You're into criminal territory now. And like I said, I mean, I I hope for my former uh, co-worker's sake that, you know, it's not one of them, that this was, you know, done elsewhere along the line. But God, this does not look good for them. It does not look good for fanatics. And yeah, this is, I mean, this is, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm shocked to say the least. Right. And, and Drew, when you, when it's all said and done, right. What, it's a job. You can always yes. get a job someplace else, right. The, the, this, yeah. It's just a job. So what you're doing is you're ruining, ruining your reputation. You're, you're um, putting your, your, yourself and your family in harm's way. Right. And I, from a logistic, a, a logical standpoint, it doesn't make any sense. Um, you know, if, I'm sure emotions run are running high, and you're you're clo close to that because you know these people. You know, I mean, you work right. with these people. So all these people, these 36 people that that left for fanatics. Well, you know, more power to them. That that, that if you think that's the best method for your career, that's fine. But right, um, it's just do it the right way, though. Do it the right. right do way. it the right way. That that's the best way to describe it. So. Um, well, you know, we will we, we will continue to cover this. We'll talk about it on Saturday when more information comes out. I know Rich Miller from from Sports Collectors Daily has been following it as well. He had an article, they had an article on it today. So uh, we're not breaking any news per se, but we we'd like to give our two cents on the thing. And, yeah. um, you know, I really value your opinion because, you you know, these people and you know, what's you 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 have a better understanding of what's going on. Uh, from an outsider looking in, it, it, I can't think of any instance why he why would do this. I don't. It just yeah. it doesn't make any sense. So, total total um, dad voice. I'm not mad, but I'm disappointed. So if, it's, yeah, if it turns out it's, it's one of them that's behind it. It's just crazy. Well, you do have it now that you have four days off. <laughs> yeah. What are you doing with your four days off? Do you have anything planned? You're going to buy some cards? You're going to go to any games? I don't know. I mean, kind of, a, yeah, an unexpected vacation here. I did go to two games over the weekend on uh, what Sunday and Monday down in Cleburne, and then I'm going to the game out in Frisco on Saturday. But yeah, midweek, I don't really have any plans yet. Um, I, I mean, I've got some sorting of cards and stuff I need to get done, so I'll probably just, you know, knock that out today if I can. And Yeah, I'm sure, like, sure gently that. do something with yourself. <laughs> oh, yeah, she left a note for me this morning saying, hey, if you could, as soon as you get up, please feed the cats. Uh unpack the uh paper towels put those away do, yeah, the do some laundry like, yeah okay i can get all that done sure and i've got a we've got a bluebell has a, a dr pepper float ice cream that's out right now so i've got to go and hit a grocery store and try to find that at some point but 
other than that, yeah, I don't really have any uh, any plans yet. I mean, I've got a bunch of TTMs I need to write up, so I'll probably try to knock that out today, tomorrow, if I can. Very cool. Well, um, we'll, we'll keep you you guys posted as and yeah. when we hear anything uh, regarding the, the, the break-in and um, never a dull moment, Drew, right? Never a dull moment. Yeah, exactly. It's like I, I I'd like a break from some of the, from those uh, not so dull moments. Uh, for a little bit. <laughs> I know. I just want to edit photos and, and right. produce cool cards. That's what I want yeah. to do. Yeah. Right. Yep. All right, bud. Well, uh, I think we should do so, do our lead off. What do you think? Yes, batting lead off. It is hobby happening. Let's get the show started. Leading off, we look at hobby happenings. Smart collectors turn to Sports Collectors Daily to stay up to date. From new releases to incredible collections hitting the auction block, news from inside the business of sports collectibles, and much more, Sports Collectors Daily has it all with no subscription cost. SC Daily also delivers a live look at the most watched sports card auctions on eBay for every sport. Sign up to get the headlines in your email for free or just visit the website whenever you like. With 16,000 stories in the archive going back 16 years, there is always plenty to read at sportscollectorsdaily.com. Woohoo! Guys, just a couple things. I want to remind everyone we have a you can get ten dollars from our great sponsor Collects. Um, we are giving they are giving away ten dollars that you can use for, towards your first purchase in their marketplace, or if you want to buy a Collects hat or t-shirt or a sweatshirt, uh, it's really easy. All you have to do is send me your name and your email address uh to ttmcast at yahoo.com. And our friends at Collects will send you a ten dollar coupon. Literally, the only thing you have to do to redeem the coupon is make sure you have collects downloaded on your on your app or your um your i uh, your was Android on your yeah, Android. Yeah. Uh, it is available in Google Play and in app stores. Just go to collects.app to download the app. Drew and I love the app. It is a great app. If you haven't used collects and you're not using collects app, you you don't know what you're missing, guys, because it is a fantastic app. And if you ever go to if you go to any card shows at all and you don't have a collects app on your phone. You're doing it wrong, right, Drew? Yes, absolutely. All right, $10, guys, for doing nothing. All you have to do is send your name and your email address to us at ttmcast at yahoo.com. Also, and we, we got another little contest going. I'm going. I have a couple of Drew Druin uh, autographed cards that I, I got that were duplicates. I actually I sent in two requests by accident, so I have two a seventy seven and a seven. I think it's seventy six and seventy seven tops cards signed by Drew Druin. So if you want to win those, I'm going to give those away this Saturday. Just send me your name and your mailing address. I need name, mailing address. Put Drew Druin in the in the subject line. I've already got a bunch of people entered, so. You know, everyone's not going to be have not going to be a winner for everyone. I have two cards that I'm going to give away, so just send it to us at ttmcast at yahoo.com. And thank you, Drew. And we will announce the winner on Saturday, guys. Uh, another thing happened. I just saw, and uh, this one is I'm a little sad about. PSA laid off 10 people, 11 people uh, this past week, uh, mostly in their marketing staff. They uh, laid off David Steinberg, who was their uh, company's director of customer experience. They also related, uh, laid off Terry Malia and Todd Tobias. Todd Tobias was a friend of the show. He's been on the show a couple of times. Todd was um, kind of content guy. He was did the worked on the newsletter and been with PSA forever. A really uh, nice guy, and I'm sure he'll land on his feet, but... Um, Never a dull moment in our hobby, right? These guys, the, we're, we're, as more money comes into the hobby and things, uh, the stakes get higher, um, it turns into, you know, it's, it's a business, right, Drew? It absolutely is. I mean, a little surprised to see that see like the marketing staff there, but I mean, 
for better or for worse, PSA is the number one grading company out there. Maybe they're just like, well, I mean, what more can you really do for marketing something like that? They've survived, you know, so many other challengers to their throne there, and they're still the clear number one. So maybe just, you know, figure, all right, we can we can cut back on that a little bit. Yeah, it is. It's a it's a business sometimes, and sometimes um, the business affects good people as well as people that may not that great. So we're, we're you know we're sorry, especially for Todd, who was was a great uh, friend of the show, and I'm sure he'll land on his feet. Yeah. Uh, this is the this one was fun, Drew. Um, Sports Collectors Daily had a great article on the Cleveland Barons. The Cleveland yes. Barons, were, of course, were in um, what what. Two years, three years? How long were the Cleveland Barons in existence? Only two years or so. Moved from California to Cleveland and then went, uh, nope, this was a big mistake and merged with uh, Minnesota. Minnesota, right. So uh, Stefan LaRoche wrote the article. Make sure you check it out. It's um, It focuses on the Cleveland Barons cards, the OPG cards, as well as the, the um, some of the tops cards. And uh, Drew's from Cleveland, so he 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 vaguely remembers the Cleveland Barons <laughs> back in the day, and uh, they of course they were the California Gold Seals, which I loved as a kid, and um, you know they merged into the Minnesota North Stars, and and uh, the, the uniforms are fantastic, and it's such a great article. So check it out, Stephen Laroche Laroche on the Cleveland Barons Sports Collectors Daily, Rich Miller and his team they do a great job, and uh, I, I like to point out really interesting articles, and I know. Drew would really, really like the article, okay. and he 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 gave it two thumbs up. So, check that out. Yep. Well, the national. I think what are we now? We're like we're in the sixties, right, Drew? We, how many days are we away from the national? Yeah, we're definitely under the two month mark. So down into the maybe the high fifties. Yeah, so, I, I think fifty eight, maybe somewhere around there. Yeah, it sounds about so right. So the nationals come in, and we we, we have some. Uh, you know, they haven't released any new signers, but we'll let people know the last batch of signers because uh, I know you, a lot of you guys are going to the national. So, Joe, Drew, why don't you let people know who, who's uh, signing? Yeah, we added on the uh, Wednesday VIP list. So they've got that uh, VIP preview party they do every year. And this time it is going to have two Hall of Famers and a Chicago Bulls great. You've got BJ Armstrong from the Bulls is going to be one of the signers there on that Wednesday. You'll have Bob Lilly, football Hall of Famer from the Dallas Cowboys, defensive tackle for them. And I believe. Was he a Super Bowl MVP or just a one? This no, he's a I don't Super think Bowl winner, he was a Super yeah. Bowl MVP, but he did win the Super Bowl. Yeah, Super Bowl winner with the Cowboys at least, and Marcel Dion, seven hundred goal scorer for the Kings, the Red Wings, the Rangers, maybe a couple other teams there, but those three at least off the top of my head. Uh, other free VIP signers for the week: Jim Morrissey, former Chicago Bears linebacker, I believe, and Murray Bannerman, former goaltender for the Chicago Blackhawks. Paid signers who've been added to list include Dan Fouts. He's there pretty much every year. We've got uh, Alan Trammell. Baseball Hall of Famer right there, and Prince Fielder as they continue to add in some more uh, former Milwaukee Brewers to the list. Well, Drew, I have a TV show for you guys so you can watch because I just watched it. Um, it's a movie and it's called Air. It's all about Air Jordans and Nike and oh, yeah. how um, Nike uh, recruited Michael Jordan and his family to, to be part of Nike. And uh, it's with, with Ben Affleck and, and uh, Matt Damon uh, is in it. And uh, Jason, uh, what's it? Jason. That's his last name, whatever. One of those guys. So, but it's a good, it's a really good movie. It's a, it's about an hour and a half, and uh, we watched it last night. If you've seen it, it's on Prime, Prime Video. Nice. I'll check that out for sure. Yeah, very good. So, hey, we have some uh, grading numbers from our friends at, at Gemrate. Gemrate obviously is, is the number one source for grading statistics, and they provide us our big three every week as exclusive statistics. But we have some grading numbers that you guys know about. Yeah, going into the holiday weekend from uh, PSA up slightly, about the same as what they did last week, a 2% increase to 240,800 cards. SGC down a bit, 20% drop to 17,000. 
CGC uh, dropped down 14%. They had uh, 16,900 cards to go through their offices. And Beckett continuing the yo-yoing a little bit with a 25% drop, 14,600 cards graded by them. Yeah, and Drew, maybe it's because of the holiday, right? It was a holiday weekend, and, and maybe that, that that's why we've got some down figures, right? That's what I would think, yeah. I mean, who knows how many, you know, if people took Friday off or something like that or uh, anything like that. So, yeah, that, that would explain a lot of it. All right, but we have some new releases to let you guys know about. Um, these are all these all are out today. Uh, 19, 2022, 19. I'll see where, see where my brain is. 2022 <laughs> NFL Donruss Optic, which is the football. They get 20 packs, four cards per pack, one autograph, a uh uh, Hobby Box is going for five hundred and thirty dollars. That's uh, Donruss Optic two thousand twenty-two uh, going for five hundred and thirty bucks. Uh, we don't have a price point on this one just yet, but Panini Select Serie A from Italy. Their soccer set will be uh, coming out. Twelve packs of five cards with three autograph or memorabilia cards in each of those boxes. Like I said, no price tag yet on that, but keep an eye out for it. Some good TTM fodder there, no? Possibly, yeah. I haven't really done a whole lot of uh, Italian soccer at all, but. I mean, if Roberto Baggio is ever in any of those, I know he at least CTMs. He's one of Italy's greatest players ever. Very cool. Hey, 2022-23 impeccable NBA. These are the high-end one, guys. You get nine cards, five autographs, three base or base parallels, and one metal insert, meaning it's the silver, gold, or uh, I don't know, platinum, I think. They're not real. You know, they're not real metal, but they... Right, right. (laughs) It's still cool. So 2022-23 impeccable NBA going for $1,800. $1,800 for... 2022-23 2022-23 impeccable um the auto cards are really cool on those don't you think drew yes absolutely i mean impeccable always has some really great stuff in there uh don ross baseball is still coming out this year great to see that i know there was uh, a lot of concern among baseball collectors as to what was going to happen with panini baseball offerings well don ross baseball is still a thing for this year 24 packs eight cards per pack you see three autograph or memorabilia cards in each of those boxes. And again, we don't have a price point on that one, but usually it's a fairly affordable one. Yeah, those are about usually about 150 bucks, I think, right? Yeah, Drew? Somewhere around there. It sounds so those, right. those are out and um, we love to see new releases and this that we have uh, series two coming out next week. Top yes, series two coming out next week. So all sorts of cool stuff. Well, Drew, we have some auction news to let people know about. The 1987 Flair Michael Jordan sticker was a Beckett 8. Sold for $21,600 on a PWCC auction this week. It's a 1987 Flair sticker, George Michael Jordan, Beckett 8, sold for $21,600. Not bad. Nice. Good stuff there. Uh, a couple other things from that PWCC auction. How about a PSA 10 1969 Kevin Lowry rookie card? $84,000 was the final sale price on that one. Another PSA 10 from that same set, Ron Williams. His card went for sixty. dollars thousand dollars out of there so psa 10s from 69 still going for big money and we're going to have on saturday we're going to have nick andrews on who is yes. collecting the psa uh, the 1969 tops basketball set autographed so yep. we're going to have him on so uh, look for that neck on saturday drew you know what we always talk about um, signing baseball signing photos signing cards signing jerseys etc and and uh, i've had a couple listeners ask us about what pens what's the best pens mm-hmm. and i know we've addressed it a couple times and we kind of forget that people don't listen to every one of our shows right true so, right, right. <laughs> so drew drew is the man he is the pen guy and why don't we just quickly run down um what you recommend what's the best pen to use because you know, guys it's a really important that you you choose the best pen because 
especially on baseballs, the yes. um, the autographs bleed if you use a sharper or if you use the wrong ball, ballpoint pen, they fade. So, Drew, what do you recommend uh, for baseballs? What, what is the best pen to use for baseballs? On a baseball, you really can't go wrong with a, just a basic blue ballpoint pen, whether it be like a Bic or a Papermate or something like that. Those are usually good. And personally, though, I would say watch out, though, with the baseballs and make sure you've got the right kind of ball for it as well. Because if you're looking at uh, use an official regular, you know, Rawlings Major League ball, if you can. So that's going to I mean, it's uh, those ones don't typically tend to bleed if you use a ballpoint pen on them. Whereas if you use a ball that's like one of those just, you know, cheapo official league ones, it's made in China or something like that. If you get something like that, honestly, a black Sharpie is your best bet. I've never seen a black Sharpie bleed on one of those. Black Sharpies will bleed on official balls. But those China balls that have that kind of plasticky feel to them, both the black Sharpie on those. I've seen blue Sharpie fade and uh, bleed real bad on those. I've seen ballpoint pen fade and bleed real bad on them. But overall, pay out the extra money. Get yourself just a regular official Major League ball and use a blue ballpoint pen on that. No, it's funny. I was at spring training this year, uh, primarily the Twins I was watching, and I was cringing watching people get their balls signed with everything but a pen, ballpoint yep. pen. I'm like, you don't know what you're doing, guys. And, and they had the right balls and stuff, but it was just like, mm-hmm. this the, this thing is going to wash out. It's going to it's gonna bleed. And you just got to be careful because uh, Les and I always talk about, you know, keeping the condition of your autograph. It, it's important to make sure you use the right utensil and the right type of ball. Because it, it, six months down the road, that autograph is going to be worth nothing if you don't do use the right ball and the right the right pen. How about on, on photos? I know you get a lot of photos signed. Do you have a preference for, for anything? I, I mean, I still like the blue Sharpie, but I've seen people use the silver and gold Sharpies. And what, what what's your thought on that? Yeah, I mean, it all depends on what the photo is. As long as it's got a nice light colored area for the player to sign on. You will never go wrong with blue Sharpie on a photo. Um, I also would highly recommend anything by a Statler, the uh, Lumocolor pens. Those blue ones are great. And the good, the good thing with those Statlers, you can keep the cap off and they won't dry out easily. Whereas with Sharpies, you know, you keep the cap off just for a little bit there and it's going to start drying out easily. But either one of those pens, you can't go wrong with photos. If it's a darker photo, yeah, go over to, you know, your silver Sharpie, your uh, gold Sharpie, your bronze Sharpie. I personally prefer bronze and gold Sharpies over anything. Silvers are so hit or miss for me. I've, I've, you'll have some that are, you know, terrible right out of the package. And then you might have some that, you know, you can use for five years and they're still looking good. So silvers are very inconsistent. Uh, paint pens are decent as well. Just uh, really any brand of paint pen, just make sure that it dries quickly. The liquid gold and liquid silver brand ones are the best ones that I found. I use those a lot on hockey pucks. They work great on dark photos. They dry fairly quickly. Um, there's one brand, and I can't think of who it was now that, takes forever to dry it's uh it's not one of the shakeable paint pens it was one just like a sharpie type of pen but it wasn't sharpie brand and uh i had one of those ones and it just took forever to dry avoid those ones wherever possible yeah stick to like anything sharpie brand anything luma color brand anything uh anything uh liquid gold liquid silver those are the best ones for me yeah and i think cards as well right cards is yes. really ba- the blue sharpie i think that that is really uh the one you want in terms of um ttm it doesn't hurt to ask the guy to sign it in a blue sharpie or if you have a location of where you want your card signed because just like photos if you're doing photos or cards in the mail you know you don't want it on and you know sign midway between like a where the ball is and you can't read the 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 autograph or the card and the guy signs across his face you know don't be shy 
if especially if you're paying for it, you know, yes. ask the guy exactly. Put a, put a sticky right, a little sticky note. Please sign here with blue sharpie or or black sharpie, and it doesn't hurt to ask for um, you know, a, a inscription. Right, these guys will do inscriptions, and and a lot of them will will uh, will do it for for no extra charge. Some some people do charge, especially if you go to shows. But um, if you're doing it through the mail, it doesn't hurt to ask, right, Drew? Yeah, exactly. Throw that in there. I mean, the worst they can say is no and just sign in black Sharpie anyway or something. But for the most part, signers are going to be very accommodating about that. And for me, more so than the pen that you're using on the cards is to make sure you're prepping them appropriately. Because I love, uh, yeah, blue Sharpie is definitely the way to go or a blue Lumo color. I like the medium tip Lumo colors for cards. Those have been great for me ever since I switched over to them. But always make sure that you're prepping them well, especially any kind of chrome card those need extra prep work on them make sure you you know get the white eraser out get some baby powder out anything like that if it's on optichrome paper you're going to need to prep that real well to make sure that autograph sticks doesn't you know go bubbling and bleeding everywhere so uh yeah make sure you prep do it with any kind of glossy cards as well at least give uh, glossy cards rub downs with your fingers there little baby powder or white eraser definitely helps as well but go nuts on those chrome cards you cannot over prep a chrome card for sure I agree. And lastly, on jerseys, I haven't had great luck with jerseys. I, I've gone from paint uh, pens to regular Sharpies to, um, you know, just colored Sharpies. And I don't know, I just, I guess it's just, it's a hit or miss, right? It's just, it's hard. Jerseys are the hardest one, I think. Yeah, for some reason, colored Sharpies bleed really badly on jerseys. I have a uh, Chicago Blackhawks jersey signed by uh, Ryan Vandenbush. He signed it right on the number there. Looks great when it was new, but over time it has bled out real bad on there. So what I've heard with jerseys, yeah, use a paint pen if you can. Get like a black paint pen for a white number. Get a colored paint pen for a black number. Silver and gold always works well. But yeah, avoid blue and colored Sharpies on there. Black Sharpie, for some reason, doesn't bleed as badly as uh, as the blues do. So right. the that's blues the one area where I will recommend it. The blues aren't great for jerseys, I agree. Well, guys, if you have any questions, you know, you have a, spe- a specific item, uh, you know, basketball, football, or whatever, and you want to ask uh, Drew pen questions, you can send it to uh, question to Drew at ttmcast at yahoo.com. And, and he'll certainly follow up. I hope this helps. I know sometimes we forget, guys, Drew and I forget because we, we do this every week and we're like, well, we don't want to bore people with the same, same information now <laughs> that we just talked about a month ago or six weeks ago or even a year ago. Um, but we got to realize that, you know, there's a lot of, we have a lot of new listeners out there and uh, you know what, there's no such thing as a bad question, right, Drew? Absolutely. I mean, the only bad question is the unasked one. The unasked one, right. So uh, I hope this help helps, uh, you know, we, I thank you guys for your questions and we love getting questions and, and comments about the show and uh, hopefully that helped you. And, you know, uh, you know, we, Drew and I always, we always uh, tackle the the foreign, right, the international mailing because all, how many times a week do you get a question about international mailing, right? Oh, constantly. I mean, I get them on Twitter all the time. I get them in Facebook groups all the time. Anytime I post one that says, oh, I sent this to the Czech Republic. They're like, dude, how'd you do that? I'm like, well, I know I, you forget because we do it, but people just, they don't remember or they, they missed out with that show. Yeah. And what do you mean? You don't listen to every one of our shows and go back, <laughs> right. go, go back and, and catalog it. I don't understand that. Right, Drew? Yeah, exactly. Jeez. <laughs> All right, Drew, thank you very much for that. Hey, guys, we have a really fun interview coming up with Jeff Owens. Jeff Owens is the editor of Sports Collectors 
Digest, Sports Collectors Digest. They're a great uh, magazine there called The Voice of the Hobby, in which they, and they have been around for uh, 50 years. And we talked to Jeff about uh, my new article on the San Diego chicken. And we also talked to him about um, what's been going on at the uh, in the article and uh, in the article in the magazine and things that have been going on in the hobby. You also talked to him about plans for the national and they're celebrating their 50th, celebrating their 50th anniversary. So please enjoy my interview with Jeff Owens from Sports Collectors Digest. This week's interview is brought to you by Certified Sports Guarantee, csgcards.com for superior sports card certification and grading. With the summer just around the corner, baseball cards are heating up. Send your MLB stars, rookies, and prospects cards to CSG Cards for grading. Protect your PC and get your cards in the best holders in the hobby. Whether it's cards of Shohei Otani, Corbin Carroll, or Drew Jones, CSG Cards offers fast turnaround times with low grading fees. Go to csgcards.com to start your submission today and get $10 off the first year of your membership with code TTMCAST. Go to csgcards.com. All right, guys, we have a very special guest today. We have Jeff Owens. He is editor of Sports Collectors Digest. And we're going to talk a little uh, hobby news, what's been going on in the hobby. We're going to talk a little national. We're going to mention my great article. I know I'm uh, <laughs> my, my great article in the June issue on uh, the San Diego chicken. And uh, we'll just wrap a little. Hey, Jeff. Hey, Jeff. How are you? Great to see yeah. you again. Very good. Well, first, thanks for taking a a, a shot on, on on my pal Ted in, in the San Diego Chicken. He is, uh, you know, as a kid of the the '70s, he was just one of my heroes. You know what I mean? I remember him from the baseball bunch and uh, at the parks, and and just uh, he was just a, a a fun piece of baseball lore. You know? Yeah, he really was, and that was a uh, it was a pleasure to to put that article in the magazine. It really was, and we wound up putting him on the cover too. And uh, I mean, people love that. We've gotten a lot of great feedback about it. And you're right. When we were growing up, uh, everybody knew the San Diego chicken. Yeah. Uh, if you didn't see him at the ballpark, you saw him on TV on the on the on the baseball bunch show, and, and he was in commercials and other places. And you saw him in baseball highlights all the time. And that was really the beginning of a trend uh, to bring along you know, these furry creatures that we now love seeing at the ballpark. And uh, every every baseball team has one now, just about every team does, and they make the game a whole lot more fun and entertaining. And uh, so that was really cool, I thought, to put him on the cover. And uh, you did a great interview with him and a great story, and uh, it's gone over pretty well. Well, no, it's fun, and I don't know if I told you this. I, I interviewed him for my podcast, and um, – he was very cordial. I had sent him a, a request uh, for an autograph. He signed a card for me. And then he answered, answered my uh, request to be on the show. And, uh, I, you know, I said, no, Ted, we'll, you know, let's, we'll, I, I can interview whenever you want. We'll do it by Zoom. He's like, well, we can do it by Zoom, but I'm not using the camera. You can't see me. Right. He wouldn't, right. <laughs> he wouldn't let, he, even me and interview him. He wouldn't let me see his, his, his face. He's very, um, private about that you know and it's yeah even even that identity yeah yeah Yeah. i've gone into that with other mascots before college mascots they don't want you to know who they are or see their face and they have to keep it secret and of course that adds to the whole mystique of the thing i think and uh, i think that's pretty cool it does it but it's funny when you know because obviously i remember him as a kid right so on the shows and stuff and when you start talking to him you're like that's the guy 
<laughs> so he, got, he has that same voice. He has the same energy. You know, he's in his seventies now, and he's still got that 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 love of the game and, and and love to entertain. And he's got that same. He's very excited about what he what he did and what he still does today. And it was just it was fun to talk to somebody, uh, you know, of that ilk. You know. Yeah, it really was. It was really cool for us how all this came together because, um, you know, a, a few months ago, several months ago, uh, I was contacted by one of our other writers, Clayton Truder. Uh, he's a writer and an author from Vermont, and he he writes some sort of first-person columns that are, are collecting stories that he's done for us before, and he said, hey, um, I want to write a story about the old Montreal Expos uh, mascot, Yuppie, uh, who, who is now, of course, also uh, the Montreal Canadiens mascot. Yep. And uh, he said, when I was a kid, I was fascinated with this guy, and I finally got to meet him, and I, I began collecting all of his stuff. And uh, he says, I've got Yuppie cards. I've got Yuppie stuffed animals. I've got all this stuff. So I'm like, sure, write it. So he writes it. And he sends it to me and I had had it kind of set off to the side for a while, waiting on the per perfect opportunity or, or the perfect issue to run that column. And then out of the blue, you contact me about the San Diego chicken. And I'm like, this, this is awesome. This, this coming is coming together. This is shaping up into something. And, and I had never really thought about putting together an issue on that topic, but now I've got Yuppie. You had sent me the San Diego chicken story. It was great. I'm like, this is awesome. I'm gonna I'm gonna run these two stories in one issue, and and it'll be good. It'll make a, a nice little package. And then just out of the blue, the same way you did, Clemente Lisi uh, contacts me. You know yep. Clemente. He's Clemente's on our show. He's a regular correspondent. Great exactly. guy. Exactly, and, and he's a regular correspondent for us as well. And so he's always sending me ideas and stuff. And uh, he said, hey, I've had this idea rolling around in my head for a while. He goes, how about a story on the top trading cards of sports mascots? And I'm like, you know, slap myself up aside <laughs> the head. I said, you got to be kidding me. That's perfect because I already have this story and this story. So all of a sudden I have three different stories on sports mascots. So it wound up being a special issue. Uh, Clemente did his story on the top 10 sports mascots to collect cards from the San Diego chicken, of course, was right at the top of the list. Uh, UP was on the list. So all of this came together into a perfect little package. We put it on the cover, uh, three great features. And then, uh, to go along with it at the last minute, I happened to think about, uh, I had an experience way back early in my career where I had the opportunity to interview Max Patkin. Uh, the clown prince of baseball. Yeah, so and he I was decided, the one that started it all. He kind of did. I mean, there was a there was a clown prince way back in the twenties and the thirties. I believe his name was Al Schacht or something like that. Okay, he was the first clown prince of baseball. Uh, so I discovered that I didn't know that. I discovered that in my research, and then a lot of readers have emailed me about that uh, since then. But he kind of started it all. But then the clown prince came along, Max Pack, and he was a former minor league baseball player. Yep. Did you ever see any of his shows? I did. I did. And, and that's yeah, I saw I him a couple that. times in, yeah, in the he 70s. Was fantastic. And of course, he was in the movie Bull Durham, uh, which kind of added to uh, you know, his popularity a little bit. 
Um, so yes, I got to interview Max. I saw his show um, back in the nineties, early nineties. I was working in a town at a newspaper and they had a minor league ballpark and uh, Max came there and I got to saw him perform and I contacted him ahead of time and I set up an interview. Uh, so I got to see him perform and then I went to his hotel and, uh, the next morning and I interviewed him in his hotel room and, uh, man, he was just like he was out on the field. You know? Isn't it great I, when you, when those guys are real guys like that, that's, it's, it's not an act for them. You know what I mean? They, they it's, he, that, he was, he was, he was just as funny. He opens the hotel door room and he's wearing nothing but his boxer shorts. And I'm like, <laughs> you gotta be kidding me. And, uh, he's got his little hat on sideways that he wears and, and he, he sat on his bed and I sat in the chair and we did a great interview. It was fantastic. So, so the mascot, package gave me an opportunity to write that column and that turned out to be a perfect addition to it as well and uh, I can't tell you how many emails I've gotten in the past couple of weeks from people who loved uh, the, the San Diego chicken story they love the Max Patkin story they love Yuppie uh, so this turned out to be a great issue and um, and you kind of started it with the uh, idea to write about the San Diego chicken. So you know, you know, it's funny because where I'm in Boston and, and Wally's the 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 green monster. He's the the guy that's that that the the Red Sox mascot. And uh, you know, I I was done spring training. And Wally's down there. Well, he's got a handler that takes him around, and everyone wants to take a picture with Wally. And you see him at the park, and everyone and they're all taking pictures with him. And it's just it's just neat that it's still part of the game. You know what? it's still neat that there's room in the game, even with all the technology and all the social media stuff and, 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 you know, the, the everything, everything's computerized now. And, but there's still room for that guy, you know, the guy dressed yeah. up yeah. in a costume right. and everyone wants, wants to have a picture taken with him. It's just yeah, fun. Exactly. Yeah. I went to uh, Atlanta on Sunday night to see the Braves and um, their giveaway for that game was a beach towel with blooper their mascot on the front and uh and everybody was happy to get those beach tiles because they love blooper and uh, yeah it's, it's just you, a you see him time. wandering around the stadium and uh, and i even went to this is a little bit off topic but um last week my wife and i went to a rodeo a, a local rodeo show here in town and of course one of the big draws at a rodeo is the rodeo clown yep. uh, who travels the circuit. He's very much like Max Patkin. He's there to, to do his act and his gimmick and to entertain the fans. And we're leaving the rodeo and there's the rodeo clown. And I got a picture with the rodeo clown. See? And, uh, uh, so it was great. <laughs> you know, you have to do that kind of stuff. And uh, you know, the thing about mascots and people like that is that it, you know, it adds entertainment to the game but it also sort of keeps us young. Yeah. You know, it, it makes us kids again. You know, we love those things when we were uh, kids, we love them now and, and kids coming up love them. And um, I just, I just think it's awesome. I, I think it's great for uh, all the sports teams to have that. And then uh, it just adds to the entertainment value of uh, going to sporting events. And uh, I love it. Yeah, and, you know, talking with Ted in the San Diego Chicken, he is still signing autographs. He still gets autograph requests through the mail, and he hasn't really performed in you know ten years or more. But people still remember him, and still, still, you know, he's a great signer through the mail, and he he's one of those guys that that has the best penmanship you ever wanted to see. You look at it like 
geez, it's almost like a computer did it. It's so clean. His signature is so clean. That that is awesome. That that is really cool. And, and I think it's very cool that uh, that collectors like collecting cards with mascots on it. Yeah, I, I think that's great. I had one of the neat things that happened to me is that uh, after I wrote the Max Patkin column. Uh, I got a lot of email from people who remembered him and had met him and uh, they were adding their experiences and stuff. And one guy sent me a card. He sent me a signed Max Patkin card in the mail. Uh, I didn't have that. I would have never thought to buy that. Uh, but here's a guy that I saw perform and that I had an interview and an experience with. And now I've got a signed card by him. Um, and of course, Max passed away in 1999. Um so to have that card in my collection is very cool. I, I was very right. Happy it, that, that I mean, that, Jeff, we always talk about collecting. Collecting is what you is personal for you and what you love. You know what I mean? And exactly. that 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 card might be worth a dollar or two dollars on on the open market, so to speak. But to you, it's val it's priceless because that that has a personal touch to you. And that's I think yeah. what collecting is all about, don't you? I agree. I absolutely agree, a hundred percent. That's what it's like to me. That's what it's all about. And, uh, and I love hearing stories like that. And I think it is, I mean, it's more about that personal experience and that personal story and fun and sentimental value. Uh, that's what it's all about. It, it's, it's about more than that and more than the money, you know, that to me, that's, that, that's not what true pure collecting is about. It's about that personal experience. And, uh, and I had another one of those recently that I wrote about where I had a friend uh, who gave me a Bob Horner rookie card. And a month later, that friend passed away. Oh, sorry. To and, hear that. and that card means a lot to me now. It, it means a lot. And, um, you know, it's not worth anything worth a few bucks. That's about it, but it means a lot to me. And yeah. uh, I agree with you. I think that's what collecting is all about. It's that experience. Uh, I had a, I had a, one of our writers, uh, at the national, uh, in Atlantic city, uh, Came up to me, uh, uh, Barry Blair. I see Barry. Barry lives in Tennessee, and he writes for us. And uh, I see him twice a year at the National. And he walked up to the National. And he goes, hey, I ran across something the other day I want to give you. And he gave me a Spencer Strider rookie card. Um, I did not have one. And, and since then, of course, Spencer Strider has become a big name and a great pitcher. Yeah, well, he's fabulous, him, isn't he? Yes. He, yeah, he's unbelievable. And I saw him pitch. Uh, on Sunday night against the Phillies and I'm sitting there watching him pitch and I thought about that card and I thought about Barry and uh, that again is another example of what collecting is all about it's personal memories and and it's connecting you with other people and I, I think that's awesome are you surprised at how collecting has um, entered the mainstream and the mainstream media in terms of you now we have the Ken Golden show and we have the baseball card show on, on MLB and uh, Brandon Versala and the Cards Life is, uh, is celebrating that they're starting their third year. Is, is that surprised you a little from, you know, because as an in, insider, so to speak, of the hobby and uh, now all of a sudden, uh, you know, the, the regular media, if you want, is interested in, in what we're doing. Yeah. Um, I'm not surprised, I, you know, if you'd asked me this three or four years ago, I said, yeah, I'm very surprised, but given what we went through, um, with the, with the market and the, the hobby taking off, like it did experiencing that un incredible boom of a couple of years ago where prices went through the roof and the market exploded, I think that just put it 
on the radar of everybody. Um, you know, I, we saw new companies starting up. We saw fanatics come in. We've seen all these big things happen, and that's all a result of what happened in the market during the pandemic of, of the hobby exploding. And it just brought all these new people in. And I think because of that, uh, it it sort of uh, shined the spotlight on the hobby a little bit, and it brought it more media attention. And you're right, more media are, are covering it now. Um, you know, and I think Fanatics had a lot to do with that. When, when they came in yeah. and they bought up the licensing licenses for the three sports, and then they purchased tops, that made people go, whoa, wait a minute, this really is a big deal. Um, and then they've done things, I think, along the way the last year or so to bring more attention to the hobby. And then there's just, you know, there's stuff going on. There's more people collecting now. There's more people interested in it. So it's made it a mainstream hobby. And I think that's great. I think the the Ken Golden documentary is going to do a lot. Uh, I think it's doing well. I've heard a lot of people um, had comments, you know, positive stuff about watching it. And then we're seeing a lot, we're seeing fanatics do a lot more. If you watch baseball on TV now, there's card commercials all the time. Yeah. Um, and you used to never see that. And uh, you see a lot of ads, you see a lot of commercials about the newest cards coming out, where to get them, that kind of stuff. And I think all of that is great for the hobby. It's just uh, giving it more uh, publicity and exposure. And hopefully along the way, it, it brings more people into the hobby. So uh, it's definitely happening right now. We were contacted. Um, I was contacted a couple of months ago by a guy who is doing a documentary on the hobby for Hulu. He has a contract with Hulu's and he's doing his own documentary. And he wanted to interview Greg Bates and I uh, about Sports Collectors Digest and what we do and our thoughts on the hobby. Uh, Greg, I believe, is being interviewed by them today in fact, up in Wisconsin. So that's another, that's another positive step for the hobby. You know, we got a Netflix, Netflix documentary going on right now. We got another one with Hulu coming uh, down the pipe very soon. Yeah. So, the Adam Sandler movie or the Adam, the Adam Sandler movie. That's yeah, coming out. Adam Sandler movie. So, so the hobby, it's like we have a, um, a hot new sport uh, to follow right now. That's kind of, uh, it reminds me of sports that sort of take off and, and become really hot for a while. And, and I think that's happening with the hobby right now. And um, I think it's good for the industry and uh, hopefully it continues. Well, I know, you know, you mentioned fanatics and they're, they're, they're the uh, thousand pound gorilla right now. Uh, you know, if you asked two years ago, it would have been tops or panini, but really fanatics is kind of driving the bus, right? They're, they're, they're the ones that have put a lot of money into uh, future hobby. We don't, we're, we're kind of at the beginning of this whole thing. Um, do you think uh, having such a big presence in, in the hobby is going to be a positive in the long run? Yes, I, I do, Jeff. Um, th there's going to be some bumps in the road and, and there's going to be some changes that, that may not seem to be that good at the moment. Uh, there's some things that may have an impact, a negative impact on, on some companies and stuff like that. But I do think in the long run, we're going to look back five, 10 years from now and say, yeah, this was a good thing because, you know, it remains to be seen exactly what all they're going to do. But, but I think right now we could say that most of what they done have done has been pretty positive. 
And with them investing as much money as they have into the hobby, I mean, they're all in now. Oh, they are definitely all in, right? They, 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 yeah. they There's no turning back for fanatics, right? No, they're, they're, they're not. They, they've invested so much money. There's no turning back. And like you said, they're driving the hobby. So when you have that much vested interest in it, I think they're going to do everything they can uh, to improve the hobby, to raise its profile and make it better for, for everyone. Um, and it's happening right now. They are, they're, they are doing a lot of marketing. They are doing a lot of commercials. They're doing a lot of things to shine, shine a light on the hobby. And I just think that's in the long run, I think that's going to pay off for everybody. Well, they have real aggressive goals, right? They're looking to uh, expand their the reach of the hobby tenfold, right? So for every for every one collector now, they want in five years they want and ten more collectors out there. Do you think there's a there's a potential to reach that? Is there is there enough un untapped collectors out there right now? Do you think, or uh, is that kind of too too aggressive a number? Yeah, it may be, but uh, I think the key thing, and, and we hear this all the time. Their, their key target should be kids. Um, I think if you're an older guy like us, uh, an adult who collects and been around the hobby, you're probably going to stick around and probably continue to dabble in it. And, and that may draw more people who weren't exposed to it into the hobby. But I think the big market for them and the big target has got to be kids. Um, we all got into it as kids. Right. But it happened very naturally sort of you, you know you go to the store you see baseball cards and that looks really cool so you buy them and, and all of a sudden you're a collector right or i mean jeff when i was buying cards i was buying them at 10 cents a pack exactly you know? exactly right? and, and i'm sure that, you were that, like that as well yeah and it's hard to do that for kids today um but everything has changed you know you can't buy anything for the price you did back in those days um so you know it's all kind of relative but i think that's where fanatics is going to make their biggest impact. And, and, and this is not only big for the card industry, but if you think about it, it's also big for major league baseball, for the NFL and the NBA, um, all three of those major sports, their main initiative right now is to target kids and make them. Right. Think and so I mean, fanatics, baseball, baseball really needs that, right, Jeff? I mean, they do, you know, five years ago, there was a big, uh, uprising in terms of there's not enough kids following baseball and right. baseball's dying. And, and if this can help bring kids into the game, I think that's a good thing. It, it is. And I think uh, fanatics and baseball are working hand in hand on that. I, I think that was a big reason that, that baseball was interested in partnering with fanatics. I'll guarantee you they had a major conversations during their negotiations about their their shared initiative to target kids because what what greater way to get kids interested in baseball than through baseball cards uh so i think that's what fanatics has got to do is continue to focus on kids get them interested in being a collector and then you get them more interested in the game of baseball um so it kind of works both ways so I think that's the biggest initiative they they've got going on and they've got to find ways to reach kids, make the cards a little more affordable. You know, they're doing things right now, I think to uh, get kids interested with some new stuff, you know, these patches, the ML debut patch, I think was a great, Yeah, idea. that's that's a really cool idea. 
It is. And, and I think Fanatics is going to continue to do things like that. That's going to interest all the collectors, but particularly kids, um, you know, keep the hobby shops going, you know, doing these, uh, you know, they're, they, they're starting their own live stream platform where they can do breaks and stuff like that. So anything they can do to continue to target kids, I think it's going to keep the hobby healthy for years and years to come. You know, we, we've, we've enjoyed it since we were kids and now we've gone through a big boom. And the question is, can that continue down the road? You know, certainly not at the levels that we saw a couple of years ago, but if Fanatics is successful, it will bring new collectors and new hobbyists into this industry and it'll make it healthy for the long term. Has your list, uh, uh, viewership and, and subscription numbers risen in the last uh, couple of years as the hobby has, has expanded and as people uh, that were new to the hobby, they've been discovering you, know, you guys through social media and, and and do you see that continuing? Yeah, I do. It has gone up a little bit, um, not in huge numbers for the magazine print edition, uh, but it has remained very steady and it has gone up a little bit. And that in itself is pretty rare in the print magazine business these days. So that tells you that the hobby uh, is still strong, is that we're we're maintaining what we had and growing a little bit. Where we've seen phenomenal growth is on social media sure. uh, and, and with the website and our, our newsletter, those sort of things. All of those numbers have gone up dramatically. You know, times have changed. We're hanging on to a really strong uh, print magazine audience because those are mostly collectors that have been around for a long time, and they still love the hobby. They still love the magazine. But we're very much like fanatics. We got to reach new readers and new audience. So those digital platforms are also growing very rapidly. Um, so that tells me that there's a, there's a lot of, there's a new market out there for us to tap into and there are new people and younger people coming into the hobby. So that's been good for our business. And, uh, you know, I, I think there's a lot of businesses in the hobby that have, that have really, uh, done well because of that new audience coming in. Well, I must give you some freedom because I know, uh, when you're printing a magazine, it's all based on advertising, right? You you have so many ads uh, that you need to run, so then you can run the corresponding content. But when you're talking about um, your website, that isn't really tied to it. You can run um, basically any stories you want that, that are focusing on the hobby or that might be interested to uh, potential readers, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and we, we have a lot of stuff online. Uh, that we don't put in the magazine. You know, we right. try to keep up with the latest developments, the latest news, you know, what the auction houses are doing, what the market's doing, those kind of things. Uh, a lot of those stories wind up being a little bit outdated by the time we, a monthly magazine comes out. But we stay on top of that with the website. Um, and yeah, it, it, that that attracts a, a, a whole different audience, people who are interested in what's going on right now, you know, the latest trends, uh, the latest news developments, those kind of things. And that's been very good for us to 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 try to stay on top of that. You know, we, we can't cover every story, um, you know, but we do our best to stay on top of that. And uh, and it's done well for us. It has. Uh, it, it, it's almost like we have two different audiences. We have sure. the magazine audience and we have the digital online social media audience. And uh, they're both doing real well right now. And it's kind of fun to juggle those two pieces 
and uh, put different stories online and different ones in the magazine. And uh, that's been kind of fun and it's been successful for us so far. No, it's fun, Jeff. And I, and I think you'll agree that um, there's a lot of new things in the hobby in the last couple of years, you know, companies like collects and, and uh, collectible.com and, and uh, you know, just even new ways to um, grade cards and all the, the, the technology that that's come into the, the hobby. I think it's, it's a real exciting time for the hobby. I know when I do my my weekly news summary, it's I'm never at a loss for finding things that are going on in the hobby, and I I think you 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 would enjoy that as well. I do, I do, and um, you know the the latest trend right now that we've seen the last couple of years is just how how people are using technology to change the hobby. Yeah, your grading companies are coming up with new ways. There's there's these people. Uh, these companies using, um, you know, AI now to to track and search for cards and create databases. Databases. Uh, you have companies that uh, are keeping up with the market, just like us. All these apps, you know, Card Ladder and uh, uh, Market Movers. Uh, you sure. know, Jeff Wilson's uh, app that he's created. That uh, you know, those have replaced the old price guides you know now instead of looking for an old price guide you go to the app and you see what the oh, remember is. do you remember the days of the freaking beckett price guides they would come oh, yeah. out and yeah. you look yeah. at it and you're like this you know ken griffey jr rookie card is worth 14 dollars and right, yeah. right. that was great <laughs> three you know, different we, columns and <laughs> yeah we, we own one called tough stuff for a while yeah, yeah i remember popular. and we still have some of that on the website you can go look what the prices were back in the 70s and the 80s and i think that's pretty cool uh, but yeah that just shows how far the hobby has come uh, the fact that you can get an app on your phone now that tracks the market in real time. In real time. Uh, it's, yeah. it, just like a stock market. And uh, so I think it is really cool that all these new companies are coming in and they're changing the way we collect. Uh, they're adding new technology uh, and doing things. And, um, you know, we just, we saw, uh, I've followed closely and I'm sure you have too, you know, the growth of uh, PWCC, the mar uh, marketplace. Yep. They created a lot of new technology when they broke away from eBay, uh, new ways of doing things, presenting cards, tracking cards. You know, they were the first or one of the first to come up with the vault, uh, and they kind of moved the hobby a step forward, I think. And now they've been purchased by Fanatics. Uh, of course. That's been the big news. <laughs> uh, so there's a lot of things like that. We've seen um, a lot of the bigger companies partnering with the grading companies and grading companies coming up with new technology and all that. So again, another sign that the hobby is healthy and that it is growing. Yeah. And I know one of the most popular places on your, your site is the show calendar because there's so many shows. I, I remember, you know, two or three years ago, you'd have two or three shows a year to go to. And now it seems like every weekend there's, there's two or three shows in, in my area. And I'm sure in your area as well. And it's, I'm amazed how, um, how present what baseball card shows are now. Yeah, it is. Um, it is by far, um, one of the fastest growing parts of that. I mean, there's literally thousands, thousands of. Yeah, I know. Our our show calendar fluctuates over the past two years has fluctuated between uh, at any moment in time anywhere from 800 to a thousand listings at a time, which is phenomenal to me to be that big, and it's it's tough to keep up with, and that is also by far our biggest traffic driver on our website. 
it accounts for about 30 or 40 percent of our traffic wow. uh, so there's not only a lot of people hosting shows there's a lot of people looking for shows to go to um and that number just keeps growing and um it that's fascinating to me i mean i probably average anywhere from eight to 12 uh emails a day with new show listings with new and, show uh, listings yeah yeah, we keep them up. We add them daily to the calendar. And like I said, there's nearly a thousand in there at any one time. And uh, right. And these are shows with 250 tables and, and guys signing autographs. And this uh these are real shows. This isn't this isn't a little rinky dink high school show, right? No, no. And 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 you know, you have all kinds. You have the 25, 50 table shows, but yeah, you have a hundred, two hundred, even more than that. Uh, we get listings all the time with guys with shows that have great autograph signers. Yep. Uh, and then there's big shows other than just the national, you know, the, the Dallas card shows are really big and they're doing well. The, the Philly show, the one in Chantilly, there's Chantilly, a couple of sure. Boston's got a couple of big ones every year and Canada, you know, Toronto, they got the big, yep, uh, they just had a big one in Edmonton. Yeah, exactly. Canada is really growing. They've got some big shows up there. So uh, uh, all of this is great. You know, it, it's it's keeping people involved. It, it's drawing people to the hobby. And uh, it's good for everybody. It's good for business and it's good for collectors. Good for dealers. It, it's good for everybody. You mentioned the national. We got the national coming up in Chicago in, in a couple of months now. It's it's fast approaching, and I know um, TriStar has been announcing all their <laughs> their signers, and and there's all sorts of stuff planned for the national. What do you guys have planned for the national? I think special. Yeah, we will uh, we will do a special uh, preview edition like we always do. Uh, I think last year that issue was so big. It wound up being about 120 pages and it was the largest issue we had done in 15 years. I would say back in the day, remember all the, how big that right. magazine was back in the day. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It brought back a lot of memories. Uh, we expect to do that again. Uh, we expect it to be that big. Uh, we're planning some coverage right now. We will take a look at, this is sort of a, a special uh transitional national i would say because it's the last one right uh, for john Brogy and his company uh that will they will be transitioning out after this national it's his his last big show so we'll have a special interview with with john and a look back at what he and his company did for the show and and how they brought it to where it is now you know we've the last few years the big story is the crowds have been bigger than than ever and uh, we expect that to be the case again so we'll take a look at that uh the success they've had over the past uh dozen years or so doing that or so doing that show and then of course that will transition to the new company taking over uh, a new group uh, of uh, of dealers and show promoters will take over after this year and we'll go to Cleveland next year. And then they've, <clears throat> they've got big plans for the future. Uh, they plan to take the show to some new markets, uh, new cities. So it'll be interesting uh, following that and talking to them and seeing, seeing what's next. So this is sort of a, uh, you know, wrapping up one era and moving into another. And uh, that'll sort of be a theme to our coverage of this national um, we'll of course take a look at all the great autograph signers they've got coming and uh, what to expect. And then we'll, we'll be there. We, you know, we'll have some writers there and we'll cover it and, uh, we'll have another great follow-up issue with all the national coverage. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing what kind of presence 
and uh, special new things that companies like Fanatics have. You know, what are they going to do for their second big show? Right. Sure. Their presence last year was much bigger than it, than it had been. And uh, so what's, what are they going to bring to the table? That's going to be new. And um, you know, what are, what are different companies doing now? You know, I, I think, I think we're going to see the national take another big giant step forward over the next year. And we're going to see some innovative things, some new technology and some new things at the show that we haven't seen in the past. And that's going to be very exciting to see where that goes. Yeah. I mean, I think last year, the two things that really were the most prevalent at the national was the, the 1952 Mickey Mantle, right. The heritage auctioned off. And I think just as a whole breakers, right. There were so many breakers and so many guys doing breaks there. And there was a lot of buzz about um, the breaker community, I think, don't you? There was, there was, that was definitely a bigger presence than we've seen before. Uh, and there's still a lot of them out there, a lot going on in that community. I think we'll see a good bit of that again. Um, it's going to be interesting to me to see how fanatics gets involved and that's part of the hobby and i know they're already doing that a little bit with this new live stream platform so are they going to have people here at the national uh doing breaks for them under the fanatics banner uh i think that'll be something to look for but uh i think that's something very interesting to follow over the next year or two what happens with the breakers uh with fanatics now coming in and how does that evolve Right, and I think break the breakers as a whole have uh, a bad connotation, right? They they have they haven't been squeaky clean, and there's been a lot of controversy amongst breakers and amongst the manufacturers, right? The weekly, right? The, right. And uh, I think it you know, it's been I think they they're gonna need some self regulation, or um, it could be in trouble because they there it's it's still the wild west, I think. It is. It is. And uh, unfortunately, you're seeing a lot of YouTube videos often of uh, some scams going on and breakers getting in trouble and, you know, collectors not getting their cards. Uh, There's a lot of that going on. There's way too much of that going on. And it definitely needs to be cleaned up. And I expect fanatics to spearhead that, you know, I I would think so too. uh, Yeah, I, I think we'll see a situation where Fanatics will partner with certain reputable breaking organizations and bring them in into the fold and uh, and sort of regulate that a little bit. And that'll be your main guys. And everybody else will sort of be fending for themselves. And I think it'll weed out a lot of the bad guys who are, are ripping people off right now. And, um, and, and hopefully it does. Hopefully it cleans up that side of the hobby because that that is a great uh that's a great part of the hobby you're talking about yeah, it's really in- fun it's, it's fun to watch even if you don't not involved in it i, I think it there, there's you know that chase the, the chase of collecting is there and it's great you know you can't go out and spend twelve thousand dollars on an inception box but if you want to get involved in a break for a couple hundred dollars and have a shot at getting one of the guys who you like i think that, that that's nice it is. It's a lot of fun. It's fun to participate in. It's fun to watch. And I think it brings, you know, it, it helps bring collectors into the hobby. I think it brings new people in and, and, uh, cause that's an exciting aspect of it, but it just needs to be regulated and cleaned up and, and weed out the bad characters and, uh, and, and make it a more reputable part of the industry. And, and, and there are some really good reputable breakers out there. Uh, we've written about a few of them. And, um, you know, if, if it's cleaned up a little bit, I think it, it has a future in the hobby. 
I agree. Well, you guys are celebrating your 50th anniversary. I can't believe the magazine's been around for 50 years. What do you have special planned for your 50th anniversary? You're going to look back at collecting over the last 50 years. I'm sure pick the, the your favorite car, 50 cards of the last 50 years, that kind of stuff. Yeah, we will. Uh, we will, Jeff. Uh, we got some stuff in the works now. We're going to take a look back at the history of the magazine and uh, the family that started it and how it got going. Um, we've got a story already planned and working on with that. Um, and then we'll, you're right, we will take a look at uh, some of the top cards of the last 50 years and uh, try to keep it fun. Uh, but just take a look back at the hobby, you know, celebrate our history and the history of the industry and the hobby at the same time. So uh, we got a lot of fun stuff with that. One thing that we started a few weeks ago or a couple months ago is, uh, and this is a pretty simple thing that used to be in the magazine for years, but we've opened it up now and uh, we've created a new letters section where people can write us letters and, and share their hobby experiences and maybe uh, their experiences with the magazine. Uh, so we're collecting a lot of that. So that special issue that we'll do in October will definitely have a large section that will feature voices of subscribers from over the years, uh, telling their stories about uh, Sports Collectors Digest and how it impacted their journey as, as collectors. Uh, so I, I'm really excited about that. You know, the magazine for years has been known as the voice of the hobby. So we want to make sure that that issue is truly the voice of the hobby. And we're going to have a lot of people in that who in there who are subscribers telling their story. Uh, and I think that's really cool too. So we're excited about that. It's been a great 50 years and we look forward to the next 50. Thank you guys. Jeff Owens from Sports Collectors Digest. You can go to sportscollectorsdigest.com. You can sign up for their free newsletter. No cost for that. All their articles are there. You can sign up to get the printed uh issues they're 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 very inexpensive How, what what's the the car, the description right now jeff uh you can get a, a subscription for a year for 26 bucks uh which is not bad in today's economy not bad in today's office less, less than the cost of a uh of a blaster box right yeah yeah that exactly <laughs> absolutely that gets you 18 issues a year and six of them are what we call double issues so uh they're larger than a normal issue and uh we try to stay on top of everything so uh come and join us and you can actually um, you can also go to, we have an e-shop on our website where you can go and you can get uh, back issues of our digital edition. So if you're interested in seeing the issue that's got the San Diego chicken on the cover and it's got Jeff's great story in it, go to our e-shop and you can pick up a digital copy for like five bucks. Um, Very cool. So that's uh, that's a good way if you want to get your hands on, if you're not a subscriber and you want to check us out or you want to read a specific article, um, you can go there and get a digital copy. And uh, we'll also have that article up online later this week, so you can check it out there as well. Fantastic, guys. Sports Collectors Digest, they cover everything in the hobby from autographs to memorabilia to uh, industry news and such. They have a great auction calendar. They have a great shows calendar, dealer directory, all sorts of cool stuff, cards, um, autographed baseballs, everything. If, it, if it's a sports collectible, these guys cover it. Check it out. Sports Collectors Digest, follow them on social media, on Twitter, great they're, they're always posting on twitter and on instagram um and he you're on facebook too you guys are on facebook right yep facebook page uh that's facebook pretty page. active so check that out instagram we started an instagram account about a year ago and uh 
it's well over a thousand followers now. So that's growing fast. Check us out. Yeah, I, I love Instagram. Great. It's great. It is. And I, just the way that social media has expanded the reach of everyone. I think it's the, the effect of social media on the collecting world uh, is underrated. I think it, is. it, it, it is. has brought co collectors together, made it easier to get uh, trade and, and get items that you're looking for. And uh, just to talk to people that are into the same stuff that you are. Drew, Drew and I always talk about, Drew's like into indoor soccer and lacrosse and all this other Australian rules football. I'm like, <laughs> Five years ago, you couldn't find any, but nowadays he has a whole group of people that are into the same stuff that he is. It's really neat. It, it really is. And Instagram is a great way to show off your cards. Uh, it I really agree. Is. It, All right, Jeff. Thank, thank, thank you, you Jeff. Very Enjoy much. it. All right. Thank you. All right. You have a good one. And and uh, I'll, I'm sure we'll, we'll hook up at the National. All right. Sounds good, Jeff. Thanks a lot. Right, thanks, Jeff. Guys, getting the value of your trading cards has never been easier thanks to the free Collects app. And now you can buy and sell cards with other collectors. With a million collectors on the app, you can find just about anything. Build your PC, sell off your cards for top dollar, and trade up to get your Grail card. Or if you're just looking to manage your collection, try Collects Pro, where you can export your collection, print checklists, and much more. Download Collect C-O-L-L-X for free on the App Store or Google Play. Well, Drew, it was nice to hear from Jeff. Jeff's been on the program a number of times, and um, he's very passionate. He's a very passionate collector. He's very passionate about what's going on in the hobby. And uh, I think he's done a lot to help improve the magazine, and uh, it's really a great periodical, don't you think? Absolutely. I love picking up a, picking up a copy anytime I see it. And 50 years, wow, that means they've got Beckett even beaten by 10 years there. That's amazing. Yep, they were one of the first ones to do it, and he he's gonna they're gonna have all all sorts of cool features. Uh, fifty years of collecting, fifty the history of uh, of collecting, and all sorts of you know the best cards in the last fifty years, and all the cool trends in the last fifty years. It's just really neat. I'm a history guy, so I'm really looking oh, forward yeah. to that coming out. And he also has got two issues coming out uh, for the national and after the national, which is always great. And I'm sure we'll bump into jeff at the national i hope you enjoyed my interview with him well guys saturday we have nick andrews in collector's corner nick is collecting the 1969 uh, tops basketball set signed and uh he's got i think he's down to about 15 or 20 cards that he needs so we're going to talk to jeff uh, nick andrews about that he also just finished the 1987 uh, flare set nice. so um he, he's a great TTM. He's a boston guy and we're going to talk to him on saturday and set on saturday we're going to have clemente lise we're going to talk to Clemente about uh, NHL uh, finals. We got the the um, the Vegas Golden Knights and the Florida Panthers, which I'd never thought. I, what were the odds of getting those two teams in the NHL finals? If somebody had said like back in 1985, hey, uh, 2023, you're going to see Miami and Vegas in the finals. Somebody would have looked at them and gonna like, OK, yeah, that's 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 happening. Sure. I know. Where are the Rangers? Where are the Blackhawks? Right. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> So we're going to talk to Clemente about that. And Clemente um, wrote a, an article for Sports Collectors Digest on, on um, the 10 great uh, mascot cards. So nice. that, that's part of this month's issue. We'll talk to him about that and about his soccer newsletter and all that. So that will be on Saturday. Next week, we have Brandon Versal, who is the uh, father of The Cards Life, the TV show, The Cards Life. He started this Cards Life, and he is producer of the Cards Life, and of course, that's the Matt Strom show. And um, Drew, they have had over five thousand showings of his uh, 
his show since it started, which is unbelievable. Nice. I like that. Yep, they've got they've had twenty episodes and they're at starting their third year. So we talk. We're gonna talk to Brandon about um the 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 show and some of the things that he likes about the show. And um, Brandon's a, a a big time collector as well. So we're gonna talk a little collecting with him. That will be on next Wednesday's TTM Cast One on One. Drew, anything else uh, to talk about before I let you go? Nope, that's about it. And uh, yeah, I mean, I think we've covered everything pretty well and and then some in this one and then some all right but enjoy your time off you will um we will we will talk to you guys on saturday guys saturday we will have nick andrews and clemente lise i want to wish men everyone many happy returns be good we'll see you on saturday